Children's Church. Children's Church, you are dismissed K through second. You go out to the foyer, there'll be somebody there. Parents, take them out. Go get them signed in. And then uh, the rest of you find your way back to your seat. K through second, Children's Church. Parents, take them out, get them signed in so that you can then get them later. Amen. Did you enjoy that good music this morning? Say amen. 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 Boy, I tell you, it just gives us a, a little bit of a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. I tell you what, just praising the Lord and giving Him the praise that He deserves, the, uh, just lifting our voice before Him. And, and, and the fact is that if you're not a singer here today, if you're one of those that says, you know, it's just not my gift, it's just not my thing, hang on, hang on. There's coming a day. Not only will we meet Him face to face, not only will we be there with all the rest of the saints, but there's coming a day when all of us are going to have a voice like the angels above. And we'll be able to sing, and it won't be no effort, and we won't be looking around to say, I wonder who's thinking he ought to just shut up. Okay? I, I get that all the time. I, I, my favorite time of singing is up at Forest Ridge. I tell them because half of them turn off their hearing aid, they can't hear me, and I can sing as loud as I want. They say, Preacher, you do such a great job. <laughs> I tell them, they, they can barely see I'm there, let alone hear I'm there. I love singing up there. Uh, one of these days, though, I'm going to have a voice that can sing like the angels, and I'm looking forward to that. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Did you have to come back from vacation this week? <laughs> All right, if you got your Bibles, of course, it's on the screen up there. Uh, if you, uh, there was some paper outlines out there. If you want one at the end, if there's any left, you can grab one so you can kind of know what I said because you fell asleep and you want to figure it out what I said, you can get the notes. All right, uh, it's going to be on the screen, our outline, Matthew chapter 11. I want to talk to you this morning about what to, uh, uh, how to handle what's handling you. Um, I want to talk to you this morning about what the Lord tells us about the trials and tribulations in our lives and how do we handle what's handling us, what seems to be uh, taking over and, and, and taking control and, and, and of our minds, of our thoughts, of our actions. Well, those trials and tribulations, those things that are, that are happening in our life, what are those things and how do we handle what they do? I want you to go to uh, Matthew chapter 11 with me and we're going to read uh, uh, verses 28 through 30. Uh, just a few verses here where the Lord just gives to us uh, just a few answers for this. All right, let's stand together as we read these few verses together. Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, we're thankful for the words of the Lord Jesus here in this passage of Scripture. When, Lord, we look at our lives and we look at the troubles and the trials and we look at the, just the everyday grind 
of trying to be a Christian in a world that Father is opposed to Christianity. Lord, how do we, how do we handle that which seems to be handling us? How do we deal with the anxieties and, and the anxiousness and the struggles and, Lord, the pressures of raising a family in a world and a culture that seems to be anti-family? How do we handle being a light in the darkness when, Lord, they want to blow out our light? Father, how do we get to the place where we, Lord, can find rest from the weariness and the labors of life and serving you? Lord, we ask that, Father, as we've heard the words of the Lord today, now may the Holy Spirit take the next few moments and impart them as wisdom unto us by showing us what, God, you have in store for us as we look to you today. Lord, may we, Father, take upon your yoke, for your yoke is light. Lord, we ask that you would teach us and show us and lead us into your presence today, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. And you may be seated. I want to begin today with a story. And this story seems a little cruel at times, but hang in there. Don't, don't go away. Hear the end. Many years ago, a woman with her baby were riding in a stagecoach in western Montana. The weather was bitter cold, and the driver did all that he could to protect her. But when he saw that the mother was becoming unconscious from the cold, he stopped the coach, took the baby from the mother, wrapped it up in, as warmly as he could, and put it under his seat. Then he seized the mother by the arm, dragging her out of the coach and laying her upon the ground, and then slowly drove away, leaving her there in the road. As she saw him drive away, she ran after him, crying out for her baby. When he felt sure that she had gotten warm enough from running, he allowed her to overtake the coach and he stopped and he led her back in and resumed her place with her baby. Can you imagine the, the gratitude of this young mother when she realized that he had saved her life? What she saw at first was cruel. What she saw later realized was the best for her life. What he had done, he had done to save her life. Oftentimes, God does the very same thing to us, to shake us out of our soul weariness, out of our moral sleep that would end our life and death. Sometimes God is like the stagecoach driver. He will allow things to enter into our life that look and feel as though they will devastate us. But He does it to grow us, to teach us more about Him. Now, we all know that troubles and trials are a part of parcel of this human life. Job said it like this, Man has been born of a woman of a few days and is full of troubles. 
Job 14, verse 1. And Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 33, These things have I spoken unto you that, you, uh, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Burdens, troubles, trials, difficulties are going to come our way. My friends, there is no way to live in this world and live without experiencing the burdens, the troubles, the trials of this life. I have heard that there are three type of people in this world, and they are like this. They are first those who are going into trials. Those who are about to start the biggest or the next trial or tribulation or time of testing in their life. And then there are those that are in the midst of the trials and tribulations of life. They're in the midst of where they are. It seems as though that God is working on their life, trying to lead them, mold them, shape them, teach them all about Him. And then the third part is those who are just coming out of the other side of trials and tribulations going, I sure am glad that's over. My friends, the reality is that every one of us in this room today are one of those three people. You're either getting ready to go into something, you may be saying, well, I don't want to. Well, that's okay. You may not want to, but if God is trying to teach you something, He's going to take you through a trial, tribulation, and testing time. Maybe you're one of those that are, right now, you're fretting over the fact that you just can't wait until God teaches or shows you what He needs to show you about Himself so that you can get out of what you're going through. You have been praying, God, get me out of this situation. But God's been saying, hang on, there's more I want to teach you. And maybe you are the one who is saying, shoo, I hope there's not one coming around the next corner. You're going to be one of those three people today, and I have a word for you from the Lord. The Bible tells us that as we are one of those people, we need to know how to handle what's handling us. Felix Neff said in a... In, in a a book, a Christian without affliction is like a soldier only on a parade. Think about that just for a minute. What's a soldier on parade? What's he learning about being a soldier? Absolutely nothing. You see, however, what it, as this passage of Scripture gives us the trials and tribulations of life, what we need to see and what we need to be given is what will I do about those trials? tribulations and testings when they come my way. In the simple short verses, Jesus gives us clear teaching as to what to do with the burdens of life. So first of all, let's look together as we look at what Jesus teaches us here that we are to take your burdens to the right place. We need to take our burdens to the right place. Most people take their burdens here, but it's to the wrong place. Well, where is that here? The first place that we do is we fret. Fretting won't help. You know, the Bible tells us that, that we ought not to worry, that we ought not to fret, that we ought not to, to be worried over things. Most people go right here first. When we get into the midst of trouble and trials, we begin to worry about, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to make it? How, when is it going to be over? And we begin to fret. Fretting won't help. 
After all, we have been forbidden by Scripture from worrying uh, by the Word. If, uh, Philippians chapter 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, meaning don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. John chapter 14, when Jesus was getting ready to leave his disciples and go to the cross and die and be buried and resurrect and go back to heaven, he said to them in John chapter 14 and verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. I've got this for you. I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you. Listen, my friends, when we're going through the trials and tribulations of life, it may seem that God has left us, but we can be assured that He will never leave us, nor will He forsake us. In the midst of it, it may seem as though God is far away from us, but my friend, the truth is that He is right there with us. Our worry and our fret is what makes God seem so far away. The second place that won't help us is friends won't help you. Job tried to tell his friends about his burdens, and here's what he said. He found that they were physicians of no value. Job 13, verse 4. The problem with friends is that they will allow you to wallow in your own self-pity. And there are times when they will tell you, uh, you have a right to do so. Oh, you've gone through a lot. You deserve to whine and cry and just lay down and give up. And then there are those who will tell you, suck it up, buttercup. But they won't tell you how to suck it up, buttercup. They'll leave you wanting and leave you looking. And you'll say, I thought you were there to help me. And all you've done is leave me in my wallowing and then tell me I've just got to pull myself up by my bootstraps. They may even sympathize with you, but they can't really help you with the burdens of life. Fleeing won't help. I tell you, a lot of us want to run. Whenever we see that we're in the midst of trials, we want to run. And when we see, think that we're getting ready to go into something, we want, to, we want to leave town. I thought of Jonah. You remember old Jonah? God told Jonah, go and preach to the Ninevites that they will get saved and, and, and tell them that, uh, that they've got to repent. And if they don't repent, the judgment's going to come. And then and Jonah said, nah, that ain't happening. <laughs> I ain't going down that road. So he gets on a boat from Tarsus to uh, try to flee to Joppa, only to be swallowed up by a fish and spit out on the shore of Nineveh. <laughs> Fleeing ain't going to help. Listen, let me tell you something. When God calls you to do something and go through something, you can run as far as you want, but you will never run a far enough away to get away from God. We can't flee what God wants to teach us. My friends, it's, it's better that we stand and go through the trial hand in hand with Jesus than it is to try to run away and think that we're going to get away from God. Well, listen, if fretting won't help, friends won't help, fleeing won't help, so then what is our next fear factor? It says that we have a, a, a factor of fear, flee, or fight. So fighting won't help. Fighting won't help. A lot of people try to live in denial and fight what they are called to face. Fighting against what the Lord brings into our life puts us in dangerous territory, my friends. If you aren't careful, you might find yourself fighting against God, and who thinks they're going to win? Let's consider a couple of examples real quick. The religious leaders in Acts chapter 5 and verse 39 
But if it could be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Least happily, you be found even to fight against God. The religious leaders were trying to get the disciples to stop preaching and teaching about Jesus. They beat him up. They threw him in prison. They told him to. And Gamal said, listen, guys, you need to stop picking on these boys because if it's not from God, it'll fade away. But if it's from God, guess what, dude? You're fighting against God and you're fighting a losing battle. Listen, my friends, when you and I try to fight what God is doing in our life instead of submitting... Instead of saying, God, I give in, I give up, I am trusting in you. When you try to fight against God, you're going to fight a losing battle. Listen, my friends, do you want to learn from God's trials and testings in your life? Or do you want to keep fighting God and and trying to run from God? The second example is found in Acts chapter 9. In verses 5 and 4 and 5. Do you remember uh, Saul before he became the apostle Paul? Listen to the words of, uh, of Scripture in, in, in Acts chapter 9. Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? Saul, why are you fighting against me? You, may, you remember God has been trying to get Saul's attention. He's trying to call him out of his persecuting the church and persecuting God to come and be one of his disciples. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecute. I love this last part. Did you not know it's hard to kick against the pricks? So what do you think you're doing? Do you think that, that you're, you're buffeting me is going to stop me from doing what I want to do in your heart? Saul, you need to learn that just trying to fight me is no winning battle. I'm going to fight. And she's here today and I get to tell this story. Tiffany, if you haven't heard me say, is, it, it was our defiant child. She was the first and oldest, of course, and, and she was our defiant child. And, and we would tell her it's bedtime, and she would say, oh, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. And there was a time when, when her and I had a little outing, and she said, I don't want to go to bed. And I said, you're going to bed. And she'd get, I'd put her in bed. She'd get up. I'd put her in bed, and she'd get up. I'd put her, well, in between, there was a few spankings that went on in there. Uh, and I looked at her, she wasn't but little knee high there, and I said to her, little girl, I'm older, and I am stronger, and I can stay up longer. I'm going to win this battle. And guess what? I did. Okay? Same thing with God. The thing is that you and I can't fight against God. He is stronger, He is older, and He is going to outwin us every time. He's going to outlast us. So if fretting won't help, friends won't help, fleeing won't help, fighting won't help, what in the world can I do? The Father will help. My friends, I want you to know that when you have exhausted all of your attempts to do what you can do to stay out of the midst of the trials and testings that God wants to make you better, to make you more like Him and less like you, the Father will help. Notice the invitation in verse 28. Come. The word come. Jesus is saying come. I'm inviting all of you. He He doesn't say some of you come. A few of you come. He simply opens the invitation to whosoever shall come. Whosoever will come. Whosoever would rather submit to God and stop trying to do it on your own and let God grow you and show you 
come. The invitation, the Lord throws open the doors to his throne room and invites all who need to come to him for help. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. He is our Father and He is interested in helping us through the difficult passageways of life. He is our shepherd and He will see to it what we need. Psalms 23 verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. We have a shepherd who says, listen, I know what you need. I know when you need it and I know how you need it. If you'll stick with me, I will see that you get it. The Jews had various names for the Lord throughout the Old Testament. Jesus gave them a new name. He gave to his disciples a new name and we talked about it this week, teaching our kids Throughout the New Testament, I'm going to reference Luke chapter 11, verse 2, where it says, He taught them to pray, Our Father. You see, the Lord wanted them to know that we can call upon our Father. Who are we coming to? Our Father in heaven, who loves us, who cares about us, who knows what we need and knows how to love us and knows how to provide for us and knows how to take care of us and knows just how much pressure to apply, how much stress to allow. Our Father, which art in heaven, He wants us to come into His presence. He opens the door and says, come. All who will come. Stop fighting. Stop flighting. Stop going to your friends. Stop fleeing. Do all those. And come to the Father. The second thing I want you to hear today is that we need to transfer your burdens to the right person. He knows what you need more than you know yourself. Isn't that good to know? God knows what I need more than I know what I need for myself. I can see the past. I can see the present. But I don't know the future. God does. You see, the one who is metering out all of our trials and our testings and our tribulations and all of the things that are to help us to grow is the one who sees our past, who sees where we are in the present and knows where we are to go in the future. You see, we need to make sure that we're transferring our burdens, the burdens that we are called to carry to the right person. And who is that right person? We find that there is one who cares about your situation. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. Jesus has walked through loneliness, through need, through the difficulties of life and through death itself. He has been hated, he's been loved, he's been accepted, he's been rejected. He knows what you're going through, he cares about what you're going through, and he's told us so. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 reminds us, the writer of Hebrews wants us to know whom we can put our trust in, who it is that is faithful, who it is that understands everything that we're going through. 
For he says in Hebrews 4, 15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. You see, the Bible tells us that we have a Savior who has come to live in this world and who has gone through everything that we have gone through plus more. And when you cry out and say, God, but you don't understand, he says, oh, but I understand perfectly. I went through it. I was there. I trusted my heavenly Father as I'm asking you to trust your heavenly Father. The other day as we were walking through the prayer garden with the the kids, we talked about the fact that Jesus went to a garden and he prayed and we read the scripture to him and we told the story of Jesus praying three times. The first prayer went something like this. Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. And he got up and after agonizing with the Father, went back, found the disciples sleeping, told them to wake up and pray, went back and the Bible says that he prayed the second time. But this time he prayed a little differently. After praying that first prayer and agonizing with the Lord, he changed his prayer just a little bit and he said, Father... If it's not your will that this cup pass from me, give me the strength to get through what your will is for my life. And the Bible says after he agonized with the Lord and sweat drops of blood, he got up and went back and found a disciple sleeping again and let him sleep. And he went back and he prayed the same prayer the third time. Now, it doesn't tell us exactly what he prayed, but I'm sure it was, Lord, if it's not your will, then Lord, give me the strength because I'm about to go to the cross. You see, the reality is, my friends, we have somebody who's experienced everything that we've experienced, went through everything that we could possibly go through, and he came out the other side. And he says, don't think for a minute that I don't understand what you're going through. And then there's one in which we can, who can do something about your situation. Yes, the Bible says that he is a friend, but he's not like your friends and my friends who tell us to suck it up, buttercup, or tell us, oh, you have such a right to whine and complain. Just go ahead. No, the Lord, he can do something about our troubles. Not only does he know and what we're facing, He can change, walk through, and help you face it, whatever it is. His power is beyond imagination. Paul, the apostle who met the Lord that day and became one of God's followers in Ephesians 3.20, wrote this, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, If he can place the stars in the skies and the heavens above just with a spreading of his fingers, then why do you and I think that our little problems pose him any great concern? Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12 says, Who has measured the waters and the howls of his hand? And metered out the heavens with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. 
and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in the balance. If he can for them, my friends, he can for you and for me. We need to trust the one who is able. We need to trust the one who can do something about our situation. Trust him to show you and to grow you through your trials and testings. The third thing I want you to see this morning is that we need to trust your burdens to the right provisions. Trust your burdens to the right positions. However you decided to handle your situation, you can be sure that he will always do that which is right for your life. You and I need to recognize that God wants us to transfer and that he wants us to trust. We must trust God with our burdens. He has provided for us everything that we need. Now, listen, there's a few things that we need to see. First of all, sometimes he will remove your burden. I don't understand why sometimes he'll do that. Maybe he knows that you're not ready for that lesson yet and he removes that burden. There are times when the Lord hears our prayer and he changes the situation in an instant, removing the burden or the problem or the trial or the test. Immediately. I can show you scripture. We don't have time this morning to show you where God has done that throughout the scripture. And I could ask you to stand up and testify and there would be many of you who could say, I know that God has done it. I remember a time when Joe shared a testimony about a job. Got down on his knees to pray, got up from his knees, I think, and the phone rang, didn't it not, Joe? Yeah. A young man needing to provide for his family, looking and saying, God, I'm without work and without a provision, without a job. I need you to open a door. And God opened the door. You see, sometimes God chooses to just show himself immediately in our lives, just to let you know he loves you so. And sometimes he will relieve your burdens. Sometimes he'll remove your burden. Sometimes he'll relieve your burdens. There are times when the Lord will leave you in the burden and on your shoulders, but he will lighten the burden a little bit. He did that for a gal by the name of Ruth, who he allowed to meet a man by the name of Boaz. He didn't take Ruth out of her burden. He simply lightened her burden by introducing her to a man that would take care of her for the rest of her life. And then thirdly, sometimes he will rest you in your burdens. This is probably the most common. This is probably where most of us find ourselves. You see, God's not always going to take away our burdens because we're never going to learn. Now we'll learn a little bit about his love and his grace and his mercy. But we'll never learn the lessons of how to truly trust the Lord. How to walk by faith and not by sight. There'll be times when when God will relieve our burdens and um, he'll make them lighter so that we're saying, boy, I'm getting weaker and weaker in my knees. I'm about to fall. And God says, listen, come unto me. Take my yoke. It's lighter. I will carry your yoke, that heavy burden for you for a time. I'm reminded of that that poem that we've all read, I'm sure, Footprints in the Sand. 
where we think that we're walking through life and when our life gets the heaviest and the hardest and we know we can't make it anymore and we look back at life and we go, God, you promised that you'd always be there for me. But when I look back, there's only one set of tracks. God said, I know, my child, because I was carrying you. I was making your burden lighter. And then there's times when we're going to rest, and 90% of the time, that's where we need to be. Resting in His provision. Resting in His care. Resting in His, His love for us. He gives us grace to carry the load when, that we have been assigned. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The glory is found in Him changing us, not our situation, not our circumstance. You see, God's greatest desire is to change each and every one of us from who we were to who He wants us to be. God says that He wants us to be Christ-like. How many of us, when we first come to Christ, would even think that we were Christ-like? I sure wasn't. I didn't even have a clue what it meant to be Christ-like. I knew exactly what it meant to be devilish. (laughs) But I didn't know what it meant to be Christ-like. But the longer I've walked with the Lord and the more trials and the more tribulations and the more testings, the more humble I've become to realize that the humility of Christ was His strength. The meekness of Christ was His strength. And He's called us to be more like Him. His glory is found in changing who we are, not changing what we're going through. Remember, when it's heaviest, we can find rest in His yoke, in His house, His spirit, and in His peace. However, He decides to handle your situation you can be sure that He will always do that which is best for your life. I'm reminded what the Apostle Paul said to the Romans in Romans 8.28. And we all have heard this verse and we've all quoted it half-heartedly and halfway. But it says, For those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose... Okay, We've got to remember that part before we remember the part we've memorized. Because we've memorized the part that sounds real good and it makes us feel real good. But unless we're His child walking according to His purpose, we don't get the promise. The promise that He says is once we're doing that, all things that we go through, He will promise to work out for our good and for His glory. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is, whatever the decision, whatever the the struggle, whatever the, the, the area of your life that you need to change, that God is working on you to change, 
Know that he's doing it for your good and for his glory. When you and I become more like him, he is more glorified in us and through us. Philippians chapter 4, 19 says, And my God can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14, he reminds us that he is still Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You know, we had kids camp. We told you all about that this week. And that kept us busy from morning till night and then into the night. So I struggled all week. What am I going to preach this morning? And I prayed all week, Lord, I need a... I, I need an answer. I need to know. And I stayed late Friday night after everybody was gone, and I worked and I worked and nothing. And I said, God, I'm going home tonight with nothing. I need something tomorrow to preach for Sunday. So I got up Saturday morning with this thought on my mind that somebody's carrying a burden. Somebody's struggling with an area of life. Somebody's faced with some decisions. Somebody needs to know how to handle what's handling them. Somebody needs to know Jesus is Him, who they need. So I've come today to share with you this message this morning. What's handling you this morning? What decision, what trial, what tribulation are you working through right now? What area of life are you trying to figure out? Why don't you just bring it to the one who can take care of it? The one who may not take it away from you, but may give you a a little bit of a reprieve. But listen, more importantly than that, the one who will change you to be more like him as he walks with you through it. Here at the altar this morning is a good place for us to handle what's handling you. So I want to pray for you this morning. And then I've asked the sound folks to play softly a song. It's called Fear No More. It's got a kind of an upbeat at the beginning, but I want you to focus on the words as you're praying this morning, maybe at the altar. During the song, I want you to listen to the words. It talks about the struggles and trials of life and what we're going through and who it is that we can find our dependence in. And I want you just to listen to it, but don't let it be what stops you. There are people here today that are are struggling with things. You're in the midst of a trial and a tribulation and you're asking God, what do you want to show me? Come to the altar today and seek his face. Let us pray for you. Let us pray with you. Whatever's handling you this morning, let's go to the one who can handle it for us. Would you come to the altar this morning and don't let fear hinder you anymore. Father, I praise you and thank you. Father, that your word is for us today. Your word is given to us today so that we might walk in the, 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 the trials and tribulations that we are walking in so that we might grow in you. God, I know that your desire is to show us more and more about you so that we can see more and more about us. 
The more that we know of you, the more that we'll understand where we need to change to be more like you. Lord, I pray that as we have this invitation song, that, Lord, that our people would respond. And, Lord, they would come forward and they would just let you work on their hearts. And, Lord, work through their hearts. Lord, that they would know that they can put on your yoke and you'll put on their burden and you'll give them a little rest. But Lord, you may or may not choose to take away, but yet show them that your grace is sufficient as they walk hand in hand with you. Now, Father, would you just move in our hearts today? Would you speak to us? And Father, would you use us to be vessels for your work? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet as the song plays? Lower the lights if you would as well, please. I just want you to listen. I want you to respond. If you're here this morning, turn it up just a little bit. There you go. Guess I lost my vision when the pain set in. Can I believe when I don't see? Can I Maybe you're here today and there's there's an area in your life you've been carrying. Maybe you've been carrying it far too long, you think, but yet God is saying, Don't worry, I'm carrying it with you. God loves you this morning. And He wants you to know that He's walking through the struggles with you. I can't look into the future, but I know where you have been. Before me, after and always within. Again, I believe. Yes, there are times when the trials of our life seem like they're out of our hands. But thank God they're in His hands. And He knows exactly what He's doing. He knows where you are. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you need. Have you surrendered to what God's will is for your life? Have you surrendered to His plan? And stop telling God you want to do it your way, but you want, to, you want to do it His way? Just lift your voice before Him. Cry out where you are. Just ask God to, to set you free, to show you what you need, to make you more like Him, to show you more about Him.
from the song that we heard this morning about walking on water, going out further to the trials and tribulations of life, to the fact that we know that God says He wants us to trust Him until we have no more fear. Where are you this morning? Where are you when it comes to walking with the Lord and living for Him? As He spoke to your heart that there's burdens, there are trials and there are anxieties that we face in this life. We wish that we had the answers for it and God's saying, just trust me. Trust me because I'm showing you how that I can work where you can do nothing where I can lift your voice and I can lift your heart and I can lift your life. Father, I pray for these that have come to the altar this morning, these that are just lifting their voice before you. I pray, Father, that you would walk with them, that you would walk through them. I pray that you would undergird them. I pray that, Father, that you would show them. And most importantly, Father God, I pray that you would grow them. Grow them in the, in the Lord. Father, that they would know that the burdens of life, the trials that we face, the struggles that come, Lord, are to mature our faith, to grow us in your grace, to make us more like you. Lord, I pray that, Father, that we would know that there is one in which we can come to, one in which we can call upon, one in which we can lean upon. When the burdens of life don't go away, but we are called to rest in Him, may we find our rest in You, that we will fear no more, but we will trust You. Though the storms of life come and the water's raging, and the troubles are there, we will turn our affection towards you and you will lift us up and take us forward. Lord, now as we go, may we go resting and walking in the presence of our Lord. For it is in Jesus' name we pray for all of us, O oh Lord. Walk with us as we walk through this life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Give me a moment to get to the back of the room and you're dismissed. Thank you for the...